Welcome to episode 8 of the Barbells and Briefcases podcast. My name is John Miller. Sitting next to me is Nick Saka. Nick, today we also have a special guest. I'll let you introduce him. Yes, sir. Alright, so we have my boy Joey Angelo here in the building today. He's actually our first formal guest. We are, well not formal guest because we had Derek on one episode three or four, but he's the first guest that we'll be interviewing. Um, we definitely want to pick his brain. The reason why I'm stoked to have Joey here on this podcast is because, well one, we went to high school together. Back in high school he was, uh, he was that dude that everyone like talked about, like oh shit, like you know, if I, you know, Joey like kicked the dude in the face, you know, like, like, <laughs> like this dude, <laughs> this dude will beat up anybody in school. and, and it, and he was just that guy that if some shit went down, you were really hoping that he was, like, there and that you were cool with him because, like, <laughs> he was just that guy that you wanted in your corner. Um, lo and behold, you know, he, he's, he's actually a, a professional fighter. Um, he's an entrepreneur. He's a father of three. The reason why we wanted to have him on this podcast as our very first guest is because he gets it. He lives and breathes our lifestyle, the one that... The, the lifestyle that we believe in he does it himself he's you know we've stayed connected throughout the years and I've you know paid attention to him watched his growth as a person as a fighter um, and as an entrepreneur and paying close attention to him he seems to get it this guy is hustling and grinding in and out of the gym especially in the gym and of course as a father and so on and so forth so Joey, thanks for being here, bro. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. So, who is Joey Angelo? Give our give our listeners and our <laughs> followers a quick little synopsis background of who you are. Jesus, that's a rubbish. It, it depends on what side of the bed I wake up that day. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Um, I'm just someone that's relentless, man. I I, I grind it out. You know, I I have three children, so it's not just about me anymore. It's about it's about uh, it's about them individually. As a collective, and I, I just I just wake up and I'm blessed that I open my eyes every day. Blessed that I have a heartbeat and a breath, and uh, I go out there and, and I strive to be better than I was the day before. So that's pretty much it. I'm just going out there and not stopping until I get what's mine. So and that's it's another world championship. Yeah, yeah. Well, and a legacy. I mean, legacies don't die. From what I heard, they don't die. So I'm going to die one day, but hopefully my legacy will carry on. Legacies don't die because people that have left tremendous legacies, I still listen to them, pay mad attention to them. Muhammad Ali, Bruce Lee's, you know, those people are still being brought up today. Walt Disney's, like all these people. The reason why their names are brought up is because they've left the legacy. So I agree with that, I second that. So <clears throat> we'd like to ask our uh, anybody that we meet, what's your barbell, what's your briefcase? So for instance, John, what's your barbell and briefcase? Uh, my barbell is, uh, my sport is with powerlifting and my briefcase is, uh, is a, I'm a personal trainer. Okay. So my mind is I just love the gym. I love working out, staying staying sane. That's kind of my reason for going to the gym. Also, probably leaning more towards you know bodybuilding because I just like to look good and look nice naked. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> but my briefcase is my Allstate, and of course we're running this fitness brand as well. So that's also our our briefcase as well. So what's your barbell, what's your briefcase? Uh, well, my barbell is obviously mixed martial arts and, and, and fighting. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's why I was put on this earth. Uh, my briefcase, it's interesting. It's I'm actually in the middle of opening up a couple of gyms, but I also work full-time as a security officer at Plant Hollywood. So and that's, how I, that's how I make the my consistent income. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Okay, love it. 
wanted to ask you, why fighting? I know it's kind of a... But why fighting? I mean, it's... You get paid to beat the hell out of people, yeah. and you get paid to you know take a few hits yourself. So, yeah. so why? Like, take us back to back in time. You know, did you get into a few fights back in the day, and you beat them up, and you're just like, hey, yeah, I, 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 I kind of like this. Or like, what were the, the chain of events that that made yeah. you who you are? I mean, it's I have. Um, so I was born in a pretty big family. I got four brothers, three sisters. Um, some of my brothers, including myself, have Tourette syndrome. So I have mechanical Tourette's, so I'm always twitching. I twitch my jaw, I twitch my shoulder all the time. Um, I'm the only one that's like super white in my family. Everyone's like olive skin and, and super dark. So I was redhead, freckles, buck teeth, and like just white. On top of twitching every six seconds. So it was an easy target to get picked on. So I, um, you know what? My brothers always gave me the, the whole, well, they're picking on you, you, you handle your own battles and then we'll clean up the scraps type of thing. So I didn't know how to fight. I, I was really good at running away, like hitting and running. So I was like Mayweather. Yeah, pretty yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> it's uh and then I just it just developed into something that, you know, I was getting street fights and made to defend myself and then I was getting into something where um at when I got serious, really serious in high school, taking smokers and uh, a smoker is like a, a it's like an amateur fight. Um, I started becoming really, really good. And then as an amateur like fighting for tough enough and local organizations, I'm smashing on guys, and a year later I hear they're going pro and they're and they're winning, and I'm like, well, I and my father would be like, well, you you knocked this guy out in like 20 seconds, and he now he's getting paid to do it, so I said, yeah, you know, I finally pulled the plug and I just went for it, and uh, I was nervous, I was hesitant at first, but I knew it was like you said, if you're not nervous, it's, it's something that you should be doing. Mm -hmm. um, so I was nervous about doing it. I just I just finally made the leap and, and jumped, and I'm. I'm still falling. I'm, I'm happy. You know, what I mean? it's, yeah. it's it's a leap I uh, I would take a thousand times over and over again. So how long ago was it that you took the leap into fighting? Um, so I started like well, I started fighting competitively around eight or nine years old. But then it really got serious um, when I made that transition from um, uh, amateur to pro. That was 2012, and it was a leap that um, I fought. Uh, I was supposed to fight this kid who now is undefeated, still fights in the UFC. He broke his arms. He was Gregor Gillespie. But I fought at a weight class I never fought before. I fought at 155. I've always fought at 170. Um, I took the fight on short notice. It was just because it's here in Vegas. I was a big ticket seller, so they wanted me on the card. And um, I wanted I wanted to lose in the fight via split decision. I got deducted a point or two from illegal elbows, and it's the only fight I've lost since. Um, but, but it was a more of a learning uh, curve. More of a I didn't really get mad at the loss because I, I put myself in in hot water I've never been before, as in cutting the weight, taking fights on short notice. So. Um, yeah, 2012 was when I made that official leap into getting paid. And I left a fight without even getting a paycheck because I was so used to fighting for free. <laughs> and the commission's like, yo, Joe, get back. You still got money. I was like, oh, yeah, I get paid for this. <laughs> and it, it's a fight that meant a lot because my father made the flight. Hurricane Sandy hit New York that day. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry, the day before. And my dad did everything in his power to get out here. Paid some guy that he met on the street like a hundred bucks to drive to JFK Airport to get here. So my dad, it was important that my dad was there and I fought for my dad. I lost, but you know, um, it happens. But you know, it's just part of the game, I guess. So not too bad. But that was your very first professional fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's my first professional fight uh, in MMA. The fight before that, I got paid, but it didn't count on my pro record. So I, got, I fought two guys at once. It was a Sando record. It was some. I just needed the money, so I fought these two guys at once in Virginia Tech. 
Um, and I was told it was gonna go on my pro record. It never did. So was this like a club fight or? It was no. It was legit. Like they they flew all the guys, all these guys from around the world. We fought in some type of like blood sport. Uh, like it wasn't a cage. It was like a big giant mat that came right. on my hands a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I was I thought it was a Grand Prix style fighting where I had to fight. Okay, like I fight you. If I win later on tonight, I fight you. Yeah. No, it was. It was like WWE triple death match. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I'm talking to my coach, and. My coach at the time, his name was Lesme. He was in Cuban Special Forces. The guy's an absolute nutshell. And I'm like, Lesme, why is there three corners? There's a, there's, it was a, a, a blue corner, a black corner, and a white corner. And Lesme has really bad broken Spanish. So he's like, you were made for this. You're a warrior. You out there killing both. And I was like, that's my question. <laughs> so apparently he knew something I didn't. And um, it's something I'll never do again. But I'm glad I did it. Like, how many people can say? And I have like everyone's like, yeah. Like, you, you hear about these guys and oh yeah, I beat up two guys in an alleyway. Like, prove it. I actually have proof and like. That's cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So I had a lot of fun. But that was like my first ever fight that I got paid for. But it didn't go into. I'm still laughing about the answer. Hey, why the three corners? Listen, you were made for this. Like, completely ignored. And as he's shaking and nervous for me, I'm like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be like my rock right now. Yeah, and and but it was fun. I had a lot of fun. I wanted to put. And those two guys ended up. Kind of double, like yeah, you know, I have, I have teaming awesome, up and they knew each other. Yeah, I have an awesome picture of them. Just like so, so finally, they teamed up on me. I was beating the crap out of them, and then they kind of left me alone for like three minutes out of the round and fought each other. So I was like, I was, I felt like the ugly girl at prom. I'm like, no, someone fight me. So, <laughs> so I picked a fight with both of them again, and then I have this nasty picture of just us. It, it almost looks fake, but it was, it was pretty cool. So, yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorite pictures of all time. <laughs> so, and and I noticed on your record. You so the the first one it was by a split decision. Yeah. But you went on to win your last five. Yeah. So what I did was I I, I took uh, two more fights after that at 170 at my normal weight class, and then um, I felt out of love with it. The sport felt like a chore. It did. It was um, I was losing money on it. I was sacrificing big opportunities outside of fighting. Um, so I took two years off to be a dad, to just be like uh, to be normal, and. I didn't, I, after that two years, I'm like, I don't want to be normal like at all. I want to be extraordinary. So what I did was I came back at a weight class I never fought at 185, and now I'm on a three-five win streak um, at 185. So I'm on a five-five win streak right now. And uh, 185 serves me good because I can eat. I can, you know, I still walk around as a fat kid, but I love food, so I could eat. And I look, and I'm like you. I, I, I want to be a bodybuilder, but I want to be fight at 185 at the same time. It can't happen. So. Yeah. Nobody can hear or can tell the difference through the podcast, but Joey's walking around right now at 215, and he yeah. fights at 185. Like. <laughs> the 30-pound weight cut's uh, cut not that bad. It's the last like day where it's horrible, but the cutting the 30 pounds is, is, is actually Because I have a team of water, like I said. I'm, some guys walk around pure muscle. I walk around looking like a bowl of soup. So in fighting, is it, it's 24-hour weigh-ins, right? Yeah, so by the time I, I weigh in at 185, and then the next day I step into the cage, I'm about 205. So I put 20 pounds on overnight. That's just because I... Just by rehydrating, yeah. Put salt on everything you rehydrate. So, But yeah. I do it the smart way. I do it just as if I refuel the way I cut. So I eat small small portions every two hours until my body gets used to it. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I, I thought cutting 15 pounds was hard. <laughs> I couldn't imagine cutting 30. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I do the Epsom salt bath. I usually cut... I can cut between 9 and 15 in about 90 minutes. 90 minutes to 2 hours. But wow. it's not, like I said, it's not healthy. It's not healthy so all, yeah. If I could walk around at 200 pounds, I'd be happy. So not too bad. The whole time I've been lifting weights, I've always wanted <laughs> to be 10 pounds heavier, 10 pounds heavier, 10 pounds heavier. And I've just never, ever reached that goal. <laughs> <laughs> 
but and man, and, and then I just went up a weight class too in my sport, and it's it's been a fun experience because I get to eat as much as I want, yeah. and I don't have to worry about cutting weight for my my next meet. But competing must be an animal because you're going against guys that are bigger and stronger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah most of the guys. Almost real quick. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it's it's a different thing because like the guys that are like the beasts at my weight class are also like six inches shorter than me right now too. Yeah, <laughs> they're all like this yeah exactly. Yeah, built yeah, awesome. like a brick house, but and yeah, they they travel less distance than you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shorter range of motion helps yeah. a lot in powerlifting, which makes my my sh- shitty long arms the worst thing you could possibly yeah, do. But at least, at least the bench press. Yeah, deadlift. Dead that's the shorter range of motion. <laughs> that's where I make up for it. So uh, you're pretty versatile because I saw um, when when looking at your record, you, you or you, even in some of your um, uh, uh, both pro fights and, and um, was it amateur amateur fights, you had four TKOs, two submissions. So you know, do you have like a preference on how you like to yeah. how, how you like to win your fights? Yeah, <laughs> I like to, I like to make the fight gritty. Um, my 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 whole outlook on fighting is is kind of like life. You bite your mouthpiece and you press forward. Um, the, the submissions I have, uh, one one submission, I, I need the guy in the, in the sternum, he fell, and I just pounded him out until he tapped out. So that's like, I really didn't sub- submit him. The fight after that, I fought some kid that was, his name is Zach Owens. I actually fought him as an amateur and beat him. Now I fought him as a pro, and he was six foot six, 170. He, he just completely took my stand up away from me. And everyone knows me, my Muay Thai and boxing is my strength. And he was just like, uh, he was just had me flustered, so I wanted to take him down and armbar. Um, that was my one submission. So my ground, my ground isn't bad. I'm a blue belt, um, but I'd rather just I'd rather get beat up and win the fight than like yeah. easily submit some dude. And it sounds kind of weird, yeah. but I like that's why I like to fight. I like to get you rather stand up and fight. Yeah, yeah. Look ugly after a fight, you know. Show, tell everyone that you've just been in a fight. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Um, Jumping more onto the briefcase side, the business side, mm-hmm. I know that you started a gym and then you said now you have plans of, op- of opening a few more. So talk about your entrepreneurial journey yeah. um, because obviously that's like, you know, that's like a, you know, a, the other half of, you know, the, what you're doing outside of the gym, you know what I mean? Yeah, lots so. of people dream of opening gyms, so. Yeah, that's and basically the first gym I opened up, um, I, I, I walked away from just because the, uh, my business partners weren't. We weren't vibing on the right on the right page, so I said I'm going to do it by myself. Um, but my biggest thing is is making an impact on on lives, like making this a lifestyle. And it's not the first thing is oh, I I can't give up cheesecake. I'm I'm a fat kid at heart, but you got to realize your heart's a muscle, and everything you put in your body, your heart pays for uh, alongside other organs. So you have to, if you want longevity out of life, and you want the most, and you want to you want to think at an optimum level, then you have to fuel yourself, and you have to live a right lifestyle. So I want to open up a gym that promotes that lifestyle and makes it as easy as of a transition as possible. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm starting with kids. Um, my kids program is huge, um, especially when it comes to self-defense and self-confidence. So I wasn't the most confident kid as I stated earlier, but um, starts with kids and then it just develops. It's a snowball effect and it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's what I want. I have one gym opening up mainly geared for like a kids program, younger kids, and then I have one gym on the other side of town that's just gonna be straight. When you walk in, the AC is off. We're just doing nothing but work. And when you walk in, it's going to be intimidating, and you're going to get a little like, I don't know if I, I want to do this, but you're going to walk in and do it. And and your life is going to change the moment you you walk through those doors. That's what I want. If you're scared, then do it. You know what I mean. If you're yeah. nervous, then do it. It's something something in your body saying it's it's affecting your body in a way that's going to make you nervous. You should just do it. 
You know, if you're not nervous, don't. That's why I follow the safe money. There was a couple fights I've had, and I'm like, and I've lost as an amateur. And they're like, oh, um, what happened? I wasn't, I wasn't nervous before the fight, and that's why I lost. That fear didn't keep me on edge. So that's it. That's the gym atmosphere I want. Um, I'm opening up a gym, kind of like by the Orleans Arena, uh, the, the Orleans Hotel, and then the other gym, the, the more kid-friendly gym, is going to be uh, in a residential area by Summerlin. So that's what I'm working on now. But I want to just change lives, man. That's it. Make it an easy transition. No more dollar menus for us. So what are the yeah. so what are the key components of of like of each gym? Like what's what are the necessities that go into the kids' gym? What are the necessities that go into the the, um, the serious gym? It's gonna be the same exact message. It's just a different approach, um, a different delivery. Um, in the adult gym, obviously, it's gonna if you want to be here, put the work in. Um, I'm not gonna be like. I really don't lollycoddle people. I don't. I'm not, I'm not exactly like CT Fletcher. I'm not cursing at you, but I just. I just keep it real. If you don't like the way you look naked, or if you don't like the way you look in the mirror, change it. And that's why you're here. But if you're gonna sign up, if you're gonna, if you're gonna put forth the effort, it's gonna be 100% or no percent. The kids, it's gonna be the same way. But and I'm a giant kid. As a father of three, I have fun with my children. So I'm gonna make it fun for them. But uh, it's gonna be. Um, they're gonna learn as well. So it's gonna be educational and fun. That's what you have to make kids feel like you're having fun. And before you know it, you're developing little prodigies. And, the, and you're developing habits, you mm -hmm. know, good uh, forming habits at a young age, which is hard because most single parents that I know, they, they let the TV babysit their kids. They let the dollar menu, you know, uh, free and they just feed their kids because it's easier, it's more convenient. Um, and that's how, it's just, that's how this, uh, that's how this, this horrible, horrible chain of events will happen. Before you know it, we'll be the most obese <laughs> country in the world. Right. We don't want that. We want to start it from, from beginning all the way to the end. So I might, and then one thing about me that sets me apart, I don't price gouge people. I have a passion for it. I don't, I don't need a fat wallet. I just need um, to know that I made a difference. Yeah. You know, as corny as it sounds, that's, that's my mission. Love it. Yeah. And that's actually was, uh, was one of the questions since you address it I'll go ahead and ask it you know but you do a lot for the community especially the youth um, so you kind of already touched on that so he's also a philanthropist ladies and gentlemen he does a lot <laughs> for the community I do everything but sleep which is fine yeah. <laughs> did that answer your question or were you or were you no that was fine okay what are what are some of the you know because I saw, I watched you as you opened up that gym, you mean, from seed to supplement. You know, you were there. I mean, I could tell you weren't getting any sleep. Like, you were posting snaps or, or, or something. Um, uh, maybe it was snap. I, I forget what social media platform it was, but, you know, you're training people like 1, 2 in the morning. And I'm yeah, like, what in the world? <laughs> like, this, this, well, it's just, this is an animal. <laughs> it's a 24 hour town, so you got to adapt. You got you to you know, you have the, uh, you know, you, like, and I, I, I get four hours of sleep a day. You know, I live honestly off good nutrition, but then when I'm really crashing, I have an energy drink or two. But I, I, I get the most out of four hours of sleep because I don't want to miss out on anything. And it's a 24-hour town, so we do have cocktail waitresses and dealers and all these guys that get off at you know two, three in the morning and they want to get a workout before they go to sleep. So, you know, no other gym really offers that. Like personal one-on-one -on -one training, I don't know any personal trainers that would get up at two in the morning to go to the gym. Yeah, no, that's I crazy. <laughs> I will, you know. Yeah. As long as I have someone to watch the kids, I'll be there. You know. Yeah. So from seed to supplement, like, what was that like? From from the equipment to the paint to the it was like, know, to it was like having a kid marketing. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, everything. Was, uh, marketing is a little easier just because of the. I mean, I live on social media. Um, yeah, the the initial getting in the building and building everything. I mean, 
I didn't have a ton of money in the beginning. So some of the equipment, like the T-Zone we had that holds six bags and it's got nine pull-up bars and each piece weighs 120 pounds, it sucked. Um, but I had a really good, um, like I said, my, my friends and family helped me out with it because they saw my vision. And it was just like having a baby. Every time you start a business, it's like having a baby. You're gonna have growing pains. You're gonna grab a little hair you have left and go, I don't know what I'm doing. And you're gonna seek help from someone that's been there before. And that's the biggest thing about being a business owner in, in this community. It's, it's Vegas is big, but at the same time, it's kind of small. So you have a lot of people to ask, um, you know, ask questions. And, and there's nothing, like I said, by the time where, when I have had my first kid, I was 19, 20 years old, I'm calling my mom like, mom, I don't know what the hell's wrong with her. She just, she's like, she probably just wants to eat. And it was so, something so simple. And that's what you do in business. I call my dad and I go, pop, these books aren't balancing, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And they just, they just help you, you know, so it's yeah. not too bad. But yeah, it is like having a baby. So enjoy that hair you have. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that you, I like that you're humble and you know, you yeah. might not know it all, but you seek mentors. You seek, oh, you yeah. seek the answers. That's it. Once you once you think you know everything, you stop growing. Yeah. You always to learn. You have to, to to grow. You have to learn and learn something every day. So, know? other than your parents, who were your mentors in, in opening the business? Uh, my dad was my biggest mentor because he's kind of no nonsense, and he actually invested. My dad doesn't make bad investments at all. Um, if you know my dad, he's just just because he's I'm his son means nothing to him. Um, but. Uh, I don't know, I mean, I just, my kids mainly, I mean, I, I want to do it for them. I want to leave a legacy for them. So it's, it's, and I, the fact that I was able to go to work, so to speak, because I don't think it's work. I just go on the train people. Right. And the kids are able to go on the turf or go on the, on the mats and jump around and have fun with it. You know, it's, that's, those are my mentors right there, right. you know. Um, so you mentioned that you, you, you mentioned multiple times you are a father. How do you find balance in, in being a father and and all the the different things that you do. Believe it or not, it's uh, and most like single guys wouldn't say this, but uh, my exes. I have a couple kids from a couple different women because I have kids young. My exes actually they see my vision. They've struggled with me. They've uh, they've seen what I put into this. And although we weren't a great couple together, mm -hmm. we understood each other as individuals. So they understand that. So when I call them and say, hey. Um, I got the gym opening, or I'm gonna pull them on lighter, put equipment together, and this and that. Um, they they understand. They, so yeah, it's not too bad. It's, I have, like I said, I have a weird and awkward uh, support system, but it works. <laughs> it's not too bad. Yeah, it's never perfect. No. You are. Uh, we talked about it earlier. We talked about how you're at 215. You fight at 185. You're currently dealing with uh, one of the biggest setbacks. That you yeah. is this the biggest setback you've ever dealt with? Oh uh, yeah, because even when I broke my hand, I was still able to jab with my my right and everything. Yeah, it's um, uh, rib injury, which is nothing you can do. You can't cast it. You can't can't do anything about it. Just wait. This happened during training. I um, you actually had a fight lined up. Until yeah, this yeah. I was uh, I was, it's, it's I announced my fight and, and that day I got hurt. I was supposed to fight July first for Maverick MMA in Philadelphia. And uh, announced my fight, su super excited to fight. Um, and then that night I went to uh, my uncle's gym and I got stacked. Basically means I put a triangle on this kid. He uh, walked up, so I'm, for a bigger guy, I did ballet almost all my life, so I was able to, I'm decently flexible. So my, like, my knees were behind my head. Um, was gonna bail out on the triangle and I transitioned for uh, like a knee bar or an ankle lock. And when I transitioned, uh, my ribs didn't break, the cartilage between each rib broke, like snapped, and then the 
the rib detached from the sternum. So it's called costochondral separation. Um, you'd rather break a rib because it's a healing, faster healing process. Um, but it's, I'm just trying to, it sucks staying still and not being able to train, but I'm, I'm using my time wisely otherwise. As in opening up the gyms and trying to, you know, um, my, my sponsors would help me financially because I'm not working, so it's not too bad. Yeah. You know, as long as I'm not, I'm not laying in bed all day watching, you know, Netflix, I'm happy. I love your positive attitude because you're dealing with, you know, physically uh, one of the toughest things you've ever dealt with. You have to, you have to scratch a fight. You're not able to train, and I'm sure that the endorphins give you, you know, oh, some man. sanity. Yeah. Um, but you're looking at the positive. Um, I saw in your Facebook Live that you said, you know, right now I'm looking at, I'm trying to find the positives. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to find out why this happened. Yep. Uh, so right now I'm just focused more on my mental than the physical. I'm trying to build that up. And, and Yeah, and I'm able to hang out with the kids all day. The summer's coming up, so I don't return to work for like another three weeks. And I mean, I'm able to have all three of my kids all day, every day, can hang out with them. Um, and then, you know, grow as a parent, you know, and then, like I said, getting these gyms open, I'm able to grow as a, as a businessman as well. And uh, yeah, that's it, man. Just trying to stay positive and, and finding the, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. And then hopefully fight by September. It'd be nice. Thanks. September. So slowly stop being a fat kid and just kind of dwindling down like <laughs> chicken breast and rice. Yeah. yeah no more Roberto. So. <laughs> uh, what, uh, here's a question. What, what are you most proud of mm. so far? Um, most proud of, like, shit. Um, I don't know. It's, that's, that's a good question. Um, not going insane, pretty much. I mean, it's, it's uh, a lot of people in my shoes would have just kind of gave up a little bit and just said, F it, I'm going to just be a normal guy working 9 to 5. And, um, I'm doing everything in my power not to give up on the uh, on that uphill battle called success. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, that's what I'm most proud of. What? Oh, well, I will actually get into that question. But what? What is the? We know that your end goal is in, on the business side is to own a few gyms yep. um, to help the community out. What's the end goal in, in fighting? Um, the UFC is probably out of the question, um, just because I've tried so many, too many times. I'm not giving up. But now that they're restructuring their financial plan, the fighters. I know a lot of. I've trained a lot of UFC fighters. They don't get paid anything now. That you can't get paid up sponsors, and that's how I mainly make my money. So I'm looking at other avenues like One uh, FC in Philippines and Japan and stuff. Uh, Final Fight. I mean, these guys pay big money, and to have a couple world championships. Um, and other organizations, kind of like how Ben Askren is doing. Ben Askren is the best middle uh, welterweight in the world. Never fought in the UFC octagon because he's smart. So to have a couple uh, world championships overseas, that, that's my goal pretty much. You know, I don't need to to be rich and famous to get my point across, but it does help. Yeah, yeah. It validates your point pretty much. Yeah. You know, so that's interesting. I didn't know that. You put nicer equipment in your gym. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> nicer equipment. And, and people tend to when you when you're trying to get that message across about. Because I'm all about like I love motivational speaking. So if you're if you are a independent business owner and you're trying to start up, it's hard to take advice from the guy that nothing against working at McDonald's but works at McDonald's. You know you have to you have to go through trial and error and make those mistakes and have to talk about and you have that credibility as well. But you have, you don't necessarily have to have six figures in a bank, but people tend to listen to you more when when you do, you know, yeah. it's just, it's weird. People have physical specimens like that, so they, they like it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because they're gonna go, why are you taking advice from this guy? He's poor. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't necessarily, I mean, some of the some of the best guys, that have, some of the best motivational speakers I've had have talked about their lunch break and continue working doubles at Taco Bell. 
So yeah, yeah it's just whether they want to pursue it themselves or not. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a question I didn't plan on asking, but it just came to me. Uh, because it's relevant, what are your thoughts on the Mayweather-McGregor fight? Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> like, like what? Who do you think will win? Do you think McGregor's going to embarrass himself? Do you, th you know, like, what are your thoughts on that whole thing? Well, everyone's saying that boxing is—it's bad for boxing. Boxing's been dead since forever. Ago. I mean, these these avid boxing fans and, and, and enthusiasts failed to realize what mixed martial arts is doing to the fight game. It's revolutionizing it. So I'm not worried about saving face for boxing. Um, Mayweather would, and I'm not saying it's because I'm a mixed martial artist, but Mayweather's going to be 40, right? He's, uh, I've met McGregor. I didn't know it was him. He's just as big, he's just as wide as me. McGregor is a big dude. He's listed at like 5'8". No, he's, he's, he's about my size. I mean, he's, he's a big boy. And the fact that he made 45 at one point shocks me. He's a big guy, he's athletic, and his mental endurance goes way beyond his physical endurance. So if they did fight, I honestly think McGregor would make Mayweather look foolish. Um, in boxing. In boxing, yeah, in boxing. It's, you, you can do this all day, you can, you can shell and, and be protective all day. And there is a, like, oh, Mayweather's never had a boxing match. He's a, he's a combative athlete. He's, that's what he does for a living. He'll adapt like the rest of us do. But yeah, Mayweather would get, um, he gets smashed on. He's never fought anyone as big as as McGregor. Yeah. So McGregor's pretty quick too. He's super fast. The sound boy is really tricky, um, and he gets in your head. He gets in your head in the most elusive and most like beautiful way. That if I, when watching him, it's like watching art. It, it, I mean, it's it's like watching. You just don't want to blink at all. Him and Anderson Silva both. You don't want to blink when they when they fight, and uh, it's amazing. But and Mayweather's he's gonna cut off the ring, and he, Mayweather's not gonna be able to fight. For him. He's way too long. Yeah, yeah, he's way too long. So it'll be a dangerous fight for Mayweather. I highly doubt Mayweather takes it just because of age is on his side. Yeah, I mean, and and he uses that whole well, he's a he's a young kid in this time. Age is really not have anything to do with it, but he's psyching himself out. So he's yeah. only giving himself crutches to. No, so I, I heard that in a TMZ interview. Yeah, yeah, he was like, well, you know, like he said something I never heard him say, yeah. which was like, well, you know, I'm older. He was giving basically the media like reasons why he could potentially lose, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, I, never, I never heard Mayweather even like yeah. no. talk about that. So, so, so yeah, you're right. That's from that little inkling right there shows that okay, Mayweather's doubting himself. It's something he's never done before. But if anyone's gonna make you doubt yourself, it'll be McGregor. Yeah, McGregor's just. He's 28 years old. He's in his prime. He's like the Irish version, MMA version, uh, version of Mayweather. Like flashy, yeah, yeah. talk shit. Like I mean, the perfect. It's like a perfect fight. And McGregor, well, he will never lose again. He has tasted defeat uh, twice, I think. Right, twice he lost to Joseph Duffy in Ireland, and then he lost to Diaz. Yeah, he he doesn't he doesn't he won't. But you could tell he doesn't take losing very well, so he'll never lose again. Yeah. No. And and but he's smart. He is he is smart with taking big money. Taking big money chances, and um, before before 2018, I think he'll own a part of UFC as well. He's just because he understands that there's life after fighting, and that's where a lot of fighters make their mistakes. A lot of athletes make their mistakes where they just blow all their money, and then when they're fighting, they're you don't want to be 45 fighting yeah. in cages. You don't want to be like Chris Lieben or Frank. Uh, or uh, who was it? It was uh, I think it was Bernard Hopkins who got like socked or knocked out of the ring. So, and, like, Joseph Smith. <laughs> I, went to, I went to high school with that kid. Yeah, Joe Smith Jr. I went to high school with him. So when I went to New York a couple weeks ago, I was actually supposed to spoil a little bit, but I was hurt. Um, yeah, he's a tough kid. He works instruction. He's an honest kid. and you know, All that brain trauma doesn't do good for you. And B-Hop is 
He's in 50? his forties. Yeah. Well, only, yeah, gotta be only, like the closer getting closer fifty. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be on a beach in Tahiti. You know, right. Right. Watching my grandkids make sandcastles. Yeah, right. Drinking fruity drinks with umbrellas. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have uh, this is my the very last question, uh, which is. You know, since we were talking about boxing, I think it actually transitioned perfectly. Muhammad Ali told the world he was going to become champion, and that was far before it ever happened. He also went on to say that very few people get to come back home. You know, when we're kids, we're like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to own this business, I'm going to do that. Uh, he told everyone he was going to become champion. He got to go back home and tell them, hey, what's up? I became champion. Mm -hmm. And very few people get to do that. A lot of people, they... They don't live up to the things that they said they were going to do. So, <clears throat> what do you want to be able to say 10, 20, 30 years from now to everyone that knows you? What's your, I told you so? Um, well, I'm not dead. I'm not in jail. I'm not a junkie like everyone else in my whole neighborhood. So, I, I mean, I feel like I pretty much did it. I've already told them so by not being a, a statistic. But um, I will be a world champion uh, overseas. And I will have a, by the Give me 10 years, I'll have not gyms all over the valley, but I'll have gyms all over the world, you know, and spreading the same message. And I'll be able to go home back to Brooklyn and, and tell them that, you know, not not to throw it in their face, but to show that there's hope. There is always hope. No matter how, how low you are, there's always there's always hope. You can always build yourself back up. Not too bad. Love it. Yeah, I like that. You don't have to be a statistic. No, I don't. I refuse to be. Yeah. Well, Joey. Thank you so much for being our very first guest. Um, thank you for sharing your wisdom. We, we appreciate you. I admire your hustle. I admire your work ethic in and out the gym. Um, you are truly a role model to a lot, of, a lot of different people. So we appreciate you. Thank you for, for being on our podcast. Um, John, do you have anything to add? Um, Joey, plug your stuff. Where, where can people find you at on social media? Yeah. Uh Instagram is, uh, is at Angelo underscore MMA11. Um, find me on, on uh, YouTube under Joey Angelo. Same thing with Facebook. Um, guys, I appreciate you having me. I love the message you guys are putting across. Same thing as, as mine. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I look forward to many more podcasts and shows and, uh, and keep, keep tabs on each other since high school. So we're going to continue to do it and continue to grow as a, uh, you know, as independent business owners. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to make a difference. Who's winning tonight? Holloway or Aldo? Aldo. Aldo? Alright, just quick. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a fight. <laughs> no, but everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for for uh, subscribing, listening to us, and being consistent uh, with that. Leave us a five-star review if you like if you liked it. If you thought this was shit, or <laughs> leave us a one-star review, you know, and then we'll take that criticism and we'll uh, we'll work on becoming better and better. We do have our newest tees coming out this month uh so you guys will see the marketing done for that we will be on the lookout we'll keep you updated and posted on that but we think you're gonna love it um thank you for tuning in and that's it thank you thank you